Hello, it's good to be with you here on the Bible Podcast. Today is May 4th. We're reading through 2 Kings, chapters 18 through 20. Let's go ahead and get started. Chapter 18. Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, became king of Judah in the third year of the reign of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel. He was 25 when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. His mother's name was Abi, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, following all that his forefather David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the stone idols, and cut down the Asherah poles. He ground to pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, because up to then the Israelites had been sacrificing offerings to it. It was called Nehushtan. Hezekiah put his trust in the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the kings of Judah there was no one like him, neither before him nor after him. He stayed faithful to the Lord and did not give up following him. He kept the commandments that the Lord had given Moses. The Lord was with him. He was successful in everything he did. He defied the king of Assyria and refused to submit to him. He defeated the Philistines all the way to Gaza and the surrounding area, from watchtower to fortified town. In the fourth year of Hezekiah's reign, equivalent to the seventh year of the reign of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, attacked Samaria, besieging it. The Assyrians conquered it after three years. This was during the sixth year of Hezekiah, equivalent to the ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel. The king of Assyria deported the Israelites to Assyria. He settled them in Halah in Gozon on the Habor River, in the towns of the Medes. This happened because they refused to listen to the Lord their God and broke his agreement, all that Moses, the Lord's servant, had commanded. They refused to listen and did not obey. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked and conquered all the fortified towns of Judah in the fourteenth year of the reign of Hezekiah. So Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent a message to the king of Assyria, who was at Lachish, saying, I've made a terrible mistake. Please retreat and leave me alone, and I'll pay you whatever you want. The king of Assyria demanded Hezekiah, king of Judah, pay 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Hezekiah paid him using all the silver from the Lord's temple and the treasuries of the royal palace. He even stripped the gold he had used to overlay the doors and doorposts of the Lord's temple and gave everything to the king of Assyria. Even so, the king of Assyria sent his commander-in-chief, his head officer, and his army general, along with a large army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. They approached Jerusalem and made camp beside the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road where laundry is washed. They called for the king, Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace manager. Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, son of Asaph, the record keeper, went out to speak with them. The Assyrian army general said to them, Tell Hezekiah this is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. What are you trusting in that gives you such confidence? You say you have a strategy and are ready for war, but these are empty words. Who are you relying on now that you have rebelled against me? Now look, you're trusting in Egypt, a walking stick that's like a broken reed that will cut the hand of anyone leaning on it. That's what Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is like to everyone who trusts in him. If you tell me we're trusting in the Lord our God, well, didn't Hezekiah remove his high places and his altars, telling Judah and Jerusalem, you have to worship at this altar in Jerusalem? Why don't you accept a challenge from my master, the king of Assyria? He says, I'll give you 2,000 horses 
if you can find enough riders for them. How could you defeat even a single officer in charge of the weakest of my master's men when you're trusting in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? More than that, would I have come to attack this place without the Lord's encouragement? It was the Lord himself who told me, Go and attack this land and destroy it. Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, together with Shebna and Joah, said to the army general, Please speak to us, your servants, in Aramaic, for we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew while the people on the wall are listening. But the army general replied, Did my master only send me to say these things to your master and to you, and not to the people sitting on the wall? They too, just like you, are going to have to eat their own excrement and drink their own urine. Then the army general shouted out in Hebrew, Listen to this from the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Don't let Hezekiah trick you. He can't save you from me. Don't believe Hezekiah when he tells you to trust in the Lord, saying, I'm certain the Lord will save us. This city will never fall into the hands of the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah. This is what the king says. Make a peace treaty with me and surrender to me. That way everyone will eat from their own vine and their own fig tree and drink water from their own well. I will come and take you to a land that's like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey. Then you will live and not die. But don't listen to Hezekiah, for he's tricking you when he says, The Lord will deliver us. Have any of the gods of any nation ever saved their land from the power of the king of Assyria? Where were the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where were the gods of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Iva? Were they able to save Samaria from me? Which one of all the gods of these countries has saved their land from me? How then could the Lord save Jerusalem from me? But the people remained silent and didn't say anything, for Hezekiah had given the order, Don't answer him. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace manager, Shebna the scribe, and Joah, son of Asaph, the record keeper, went to Hezekiah with their clothes torn, and they told him what the Assyrian army general had said. Chapter 19 When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and went into the temple of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priests, all dressed in burlap, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him, This is what King Hezekiah says, Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian chief of staff sent by the king to defy the living God and will punish him for his words, or pray for those of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against him, and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home. So he will return to his land where I will have him killed with a sword. Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Jerusalem and went to consult the king of Assyria, who had left Lachish and was attacking Libna. Soon afterward, King Sennacherib received word that King Tiraka of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. 
Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem with this message. This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the kings of Assyria have done wherever they have gone. They've completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of other nations rescued them, such nations as Gozon, Haran, Rezeph, and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? My predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Amoth and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Iva? After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone, shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord, our God, rescue us from his power, and all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, are God. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer about King Sennacherib of Assyria, and the Lord has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with such haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have defied the Lord. You have said, With my many chariots I have conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its farthest corners and explored its deepest forests. I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with their water. With the sole of my foot, I stopped up all the rivers of Egypt. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Long ago I planned it, and now I am making it happen. I plan for you to crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. That is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are as weak as grass, as easily trampled as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting on a housetop, scorched before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and where you come and go. I know the way you have raged against me, and because of your raging against me and your arrogance, which I have heard for myself, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I will make you return by the same road on which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Here is the proof that what I say is true. This year you will eat only what grows up by itself, and next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them, you will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you, who are left in Judah, who have escaped the ravages of the siege, will put roots down in your own soil 
and will grow up and flourish. For a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem, a group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot arrows at it. They will not march outside its gates with their shields, nor build banks of earth against its walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend this city and protect it. That night, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. One day while he was worshiping at the temple of his god, Nisroch, his sons Adramelech and Sherezer killed him with their swords. They then escaped to the land of Ararat, and another son, Esarhaddon, became the next king of Assyria. Chapter 20 About this time Hezekiah fell very sick and was about to die. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your affairs in order because you are going to die. You won't recover. When Hezekiah heard this, he went to pray privately to the Lord, saying, Please remember, Lord, how I have followed you faithfully with all my heart. I have done what is good in your sight. Then Hezekiah cried and cried. Before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, the Lord spoke to him, saying, Go back in and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, This is what the Lord, your God of your forefather David, says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I am going to heal you. In three days' time you will go to the Lord's temple. I will add fifteen years to your life. I will save you and this city from the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Prepare a dressing from figs. Hezekiah's servants did so and put it on the skin sores, and Hezekiah got better. Hezekiah had previously asked Isaiah, What is the sign to confirm that the Lord is going to heal me and that I will go to the Lord's temple in three days' time? Isaiah replied, This is the sign from the Lord to you, that the Lord will do what he promised. Do you want the shadow to go forward ten steps or back ten steps? It's easy enough for the shadow to go forward ten steps, but not to go back ten steps, Hezekiah answered. So Isaiah the prophet asked the Lord, and he moved the shadow back the ten steps it had gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. At the same time, Merodach Baladon, son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah, because he had heard that Hezekiah was sick. Hezekiah welcomed the visitors and showed them everything in his treasury, all the silver, the gold, the spices, and the expensive oils. He also showed them his armory and all that he had in his storehouses. In fact, there wasn't anything in his palace or in the whole of his kingdom that Hezekiah didn't show them. Then the prophet Isaiah went to King Hezekiah and asked him, Where did those men come from and what did they tell you? They came from a long way away, from Babylon, Hezekiah replied. What did they see in your palace, Isaiah asked. 
They saw everything in my palace, replied Hezekiah. There wasn't anything in all my storehouses I didn't show them. Isaiah told Hezekiah, Listen to what the Lord says. You can be certain that the time is coming when everything in your palace and everything that your forefathers have saved up till now will be taken away to Babylon. There will be nothing left, says the Lord. Some of your sons, your own offspring, will be taken to serve as eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The message from the Lord that you have told me is fine. For he said to himself, Why not, if there will be peace and safety in my lifetime? The rest of what happened in Hezekiah's reign, all he did and how he made the pool and the tunnel to bring water into the city, are recorded in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah. Hezekiah died and his son Manasseh succeeded him as king. So Hezekiah, king of Judah from 728 to 686 BC, was one of Judah's best kings. Hezekiah's father Ahaz betrayed the Lord, but Hezekiah promoted true worship of God, reversing the damage done by Ahaz. He repaired the temple doors, had the Levites sanctify themselves, and reinstated religious ceremonies. He brought sacrifices, restored the priestly temple service, and invited people throughout Judah to Israel to Passover in Jerusalem. After the celebration, he faithfully destroyed pagan worship sites. Soon after Hezekiah started ruling, the Assyrians under Shalmaneser V and his successor Sargon II defeated the northern kingdom in 722 BC, deported its inhabitants, and brought in foreign residents. When Sargon II died in 705 BC, his son Sennacherib came to power triggering widespread rebellion. Hezekiah stopped paying the tribute that his father Ahaz had paid, and as a result, in 701 BC, Sennacherib invaded Judah. Hezekiah tried to appease the Assyrians by sending a vast tribute payment, but the attempted return to servitude failed and the Assyrian forces threatened Jerusalem and mocked Hezekiah's reliance on the Lord. Hezekiah responded with grieving and supplication. The Lord, speaking through Isaiah the prophet, assured Hezekiah that Sennacherib would not conquer Jerusalem because of Hezekiah's prayers. Sometime before 701 BC, Hezekiah became seriously ill. Isaiah told him to prepare for death, but Hezekiah turned to the Lord and prayed for healing. The Lord promised him 15 more years and deliverance from the Assyrians. When he had recovered, Hezekiah unwisely hosted the rebel Babylonian king, Merodach Baladan in his palace, showing him the temple treasures and seeking support from Babylon rather than the Lord. Isaiah predicted that those treasures would be carried off to Babylon. After the Assyrian threat in 701 BC, Hezekiah's remaining years were peaceful and prosperous. He died in 686 BC and was succeeded by his son Manasseh. Looking back in recent history, Mobster Al Capone entered federal prison on this day in 1932, ending his bloody reign of crime. During the 1920s, Capone built a brutal criminal empire in Chicago that created murder and mayhem. Capone had come to Chicago to work for a racketeer. A series of gangland shootings soon left the violent and clever Capone in control. His gang dominated liquor, gambling, and prostitution rackets. They fought off rival gangs with submachine guns and corrupted police and politicians with bribes. Finally, Capone was convicted of income tax evasion. After eight years in prison, he retired to his mansion in Florida 
where he died in 1947 from syphilis. Few, if any, mourned the passing of Al Capone. Most gave a sigh of relief when brutal and bloody men come to the end of their lives. That certainly was the case when Ahaz finally expired. Ahaz had led Judah down the path to destruction, in spite of warnings from the prophets Micah and Isaiah. He had placed an altar made from a Syrian model in God's temple. Now the wicked king was dead and Judah rejoiced. The final humiliation came when he was not buried in the royal tombs. A new wind of reform started sweeping through the land. Hezekiah, unlike his evil father, took the throne and began to make things right. Looking deeper, we don't have to be victimized by generational sins. Hezekiah's father was an evil king, but Hezekiah didn't follow in his footsteps. He was a good and godly man. We must be careful to worship the Lord, not an experience. Israel turned the brazen snake pole into an idol, once it had been a means of healing for the nation. Trust in God puts us in a higher class. Because Hezekiah followed the Lord fully, the Bible says there was no one like Hezekiah, either before or after. Righteousness means that we hold fast to God despite the shifting sands of life. Hezekiah remained steadfast, never turning away from the Lord. When we please the Lord, he causes us to prosper. The Bible records that Hezekiah was successful in everything he did because of his great trust in the Lord. Hebrews 10.23 says, Hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to always be steadfast in my life for you, turning neither to the right nor to the left. Help me always to please you by the way I think and act. 